Today on the show, Radical Ones, we discover Bigfoot with 1987's Harry and the Hendersons. Don't think I'm crazy, Sergeant, but it's Bigfoot. Of course, yes, they, they, they can be a nuisance. It's time to get radical. Hello there. It's showtime. What is this, trick or treat? Oh, oh. Did I do that? Good morning, Charlie. Uh-huh. Daddy would have gotten us Uzi. The power is yours. Get down, honey, get down. Yeah. And look, I won't go far, okay? If the apocalypse comes, I'm your fire. I'm a human. Grace Jones. Thunder. 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 Thunder Jones. Power three will set us free. Power three will set us free. Power three will set us free. But I ain't one to gossip, so if anyone asks you, you ain't heard from me. No, you have. No more room in hell. The dead. Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another episode of the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, it is I, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with Rob, the movie geek himself, for our first episode in 2024, Rob. Happy New Year, thank you. Today's new episode. This whole thing revolves around believing in Bigfoot. And I am dying to know what your thoughts are on Bigfoot. And do you not believe? Do you believe? Do you want to believe like Dana Scully? (laughs) You just have restless nights. Can't go to sleep (laughs) until you know. If I believe in it or not, just dying to know what I'm thinking. I don't have any evidence to say that it isn't real. I mean, I'm too far removed from believing it or not. If I had to pick one, I would say yes. But again, uh, you know, sorry, kitties, if you're listening to this, but like, you know, when we're told about, you know, the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus and all of that. And then you've got all of these urban legends and mythical creatures and whatnot. Like, I haven't seen one, but I haven't had any proof that there isn't one. Do I believe the footage and things that we have seen? I'm a little skeptical on that stuff. Like, okay, I I don't know if if that is real or anything. How do we like? We don't know what Bigfoot looks like. And to my understanding, I mean, just the idea of what aliens look like. You know, they're always gray Mm. with the big heads. Like, we don't know that, but we come up with these ways of being like, yeah, I saw one sighting and then we're going to make it this way. So it becomes a thing. It's, It's a theme in the movie. Like yes. everybody, everybody thinks it's all big and monstrous and, you know, evil. And and what do you know? The one that we got is the sweetest thing in the world. So like the footage and stuff, it's not enough for me to be a total believer, but I'm I'm not going to tell somebody that they're wrong, you know, so. Oh, my God. I love that. Rob has an open mind to it. I totally believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I believe it because I've been renting books from the library since I was a kid on this. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. Now, the Loch Ness Monster, I will say, I think is a little less believable at this point for me. I don't know if we have time for this, but you're going to have to dive deep into that. Why is Loch Ness Monster like, ew, no way. 
but Bigfoot is well. That's true because they say the ocean floor is what like endless. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We we have no idea. But that's that. But that's your thing. You don't. You think it's too big to be in the ocean like that? No, I mean I as a kid, a hundred percent. But I would say I'm more inclined on land almost because we've. If you want to go by what the evidence, let's just say, like the Bigfoot, right? That's where he gets. We have things like that. But but you know, I don't want to go in the ocean because I do feel like there could be Godzilla or some creature coming out of there. But out of the two, at this point, I'm going Bigfoot, which sounds so weird. Also a thing that this particular mythical creature is the only thing that has been able to hide from everyone, especially in Washington State. Okay? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that it's not real, but it's just like, again, with the footage, it's like, that's the only time somebody has ever been able to see. And like, how does it stay hidden for this long and never so? Yeah, but I, you know, the moment somebody has more proof, I'm gonna be like down, I'm gonna be down. It's fine. That's it. And as far as the other, you know, creatures out there and stuff, it is what it is. You know, if they believe it, they believe it. That's cool. Just hopefully it doesn't turn into a cult or religion over it, and then we're fine. Cult of Bigfoot. Do you remember Bryce Johnson from Popular? Yes. He has a Bigfoot podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> Is it? That's it? It's, it's just about Bigfoot. That's it. It's about Bigfoot, right? So I guess at the same time, he coincided with this show that I've been watching for the last few years called Expedition Bigfoot. So now I guess he's crossed over now to reality tv side of his career why did you not book him for this episode he would have probably loved to review this movie my god he's probably huge we do follow him on radical wink wink so anyway long story short his show it's on discovery he has an actual scientist rob that she's a, one of the only people that have discovered an actual a primate species that was undiscovered and she's part of his team so she's like a real deal scientist nice she's actually turned around in the last few years so with all the evidence that they've gathered on this tv show and alone with thermal stuff and the supposedly the state of the art so i wonder if one day harry or something like that will actually become part of reality like mainstream like you're saying like oh yeah. there's the cult of bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> so you were very curious about bigfoot i have this mythical thing that i wanted to see if you believe in yeah do you believe in camping? Like the actual act of camping? Yes, the actual act of camping. I've never done it, but... See how mythical it is? Like, oh my God. so unknown. <laughs> who's ever done it? Who oh, out there like camp? actually someone who's done it in real life? Yeah, what is your thoughts on camping? We've seen enough Friday the 13th, especially on this show, to know... You should not do it, Rob. I would like to experience it once in life. I did like a cabin one day, but it's not a camping by any means. Well, I mean, camping can be defined how you want. However, but I mean, just kind of based on your point, though, that's where what you want to do. You want to do sleeping bag only. You want to do, you know, just the tent that you have to make yourself. No pop-ups. 
Oh, I'll take the pop-up. Okay. We won't go that wanna, hard. But, but you want to overnight. Is this overnight? Overnight, but Rob, it has to be safe. It has to be like... What no, does safe mean? No bears around. I don't know. Backyard? What about a backyard? <laughs> I've done I've done a backyard before, but... Um, and I've done a mobile home before, but never Ooh. camping. Camping. Well, that's closer than I have, too. That's both are closer. But you also... So you also can't... Like, you have to... What you get is what you eat. Like, you're not bringing stuff with you. Like, you're going to go out and catch the food you're going to eat. That kind oh, of Oh, like that? Oh. Could you do that camping? Absolutely not. See, I find... So, here in LA, right? Like, everybody hikes. And I put quotes up because hiking could mean just a long walk. And yeah. people yeah. will call it hiking or whatever. So, I wonder if... When people are like, oh, I'm going to go camping. Are you killing the food that you eat? Are you dissolving the water, making it good? Are you out there under the stars or are you just out there sleeping in the woods? So I just wonder, like, how do you define camping and if you do it or not? Yeah, so my definition would be tent, fire. Are you making the fire? Like no electrical like little lighter thing to start up. No, like, I don't know. mind it. Yeah, I'll do a match. I'll okay. put the wood. I'll put okay. the log. But I have to bring because Rob, I could never kill anything. I I don't know. Like I could never. Matter of fact, in the movie today, the beginning was oh yeah. No, we will definitely talk about that for sure. But no, I could never like, I mean, no, no, I don't think I could yeah. ever do it. I mean, what about you? You're one step closer than I am. You got your foot outside the tents. Do you remember the overnight True Beverly Hills? Yes. That, that's the that's the best I'm going to do. That's the best. Okay. If, you don't, if you don't have that, I'm not going. Okay. And okay, they, and they okay. couldn't survive the, the rain. Uh, and then when it starts raining, I'm out. I'm going to Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> I'm with you on that, though. That's That would be good. That would be good. Camping. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So, <laughs> With that in mind, Radical Ones, bring your tents, your, your wood, evidently your gun, because <laughs> there is a lot of shooting going on in today's movie, Rob. Eluded hunters, baffled scientists, and remained a mystery. Until the Hendersons bumped into him. What is it? It's a major discovery. We have to take it home. George. It's alive! My 15th birthday corsage! Uh-oh. George, he's coming back! Stole him! I can't! How? Show him the pasta maker! This is our home! Sit. Exercise, Irene. This is it. The whole world's gonna know. Ran away. Means something to me. Can't you see that? He means something to me. We'll never see him again, will we? What I'm gonna say now might save his life. There has been yet another sighting of the creature that some people are now calling. Harry! Harry? Since when does he have a name? Since right now. The average American family just got bigger. Harry and the Hendersons. Isn't he something? This is one that you own. 
I do own this. This is a very big staple in my family as far as memories and nostalgia. This is a very important movie. Do I talk about it a lot? Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean it's still not in there rent free. This is definitely uh, um, one of my great memories going back in the day. I feel like no one talks about it, Rob, speaking no. of that. And they really should. They really should. I was reminded of how well this movie holds up. Not in 100% of the sense, but this movie can still be, like you can put this in theaters today, I think. It is such a wonderful family film. And it's also drama as well as oh, drama. the comedy. It, it The makeup is still amazing. And I really, really enjoyed my viewing of this. I Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. What's even more shocking to me, Rob, and this is perfect to, to ask you what your feelings are about the TV series. In researching this movie, every review or thing I clicked on, everyone said there was a TV show. And to <laughs> me, I'm shocked because how did I, you not? No, yeah, there was that is shocking. Well, you you just got to wonder exactly the demographic of those reviews and who are saying it because because some of them were like our age and older. And yeah. I'm like, how did you not know it was on for three years? Exactly. Like, it was this, on TV. <laughs> this is something that wasn't just in and out and you, no. you miss it. Like this was a good three seasons of this show. So, of course, Rob knows as well, but oh, it's yes. like lost. I want to say that this, so this wasn't prime time. This was like after school. This was four o'clock. This was, this was, you know, maybe Saturday morning. I can't remember. This was, this was out of this world. This was yeah, small wonder. Out of this world, small wonder. This was yes. Miss, Mr. Belvedere. I mean, this was that time. Charles on, in charge. I want to say this was on Fox. If I remember correctly. And yeah, this was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. This was... Oh my there God. There's so, like, so many that. shows based on movies. But yeah, it was that afternoon. It wasn't prime time. So yeah, it didn't really get the, the acclaim and the popularity. But it was on for those kids. Right after Roscoe, maybe. I don't know. I, that's why I'm like, you had to have known at some point that this continued because it's the same costume. Mm -hmm. It was originally the same Kevin Peter Hall, who is just fabulous. Kevin Peter Hall. Can you imagine the magic he would be making today if he was still alive? So young, so young to 35. Yeah, he God. did. He did Harry and he did the Predator. That blew yeah. my mind. It's so wild. And so I actually, well, I doubt this was him, but I saw sort of like a like a presentation or whatever at Universal Studios. They were just kind of doing one of their like demo things and, you know, audience can come in and kind of see how you film stuff. And, you know, some people would get picked to go up and demonstrate stuff. And then at the end of the show, Harry would come out and surprise them. I wonder if that was Kevin. I I don't know. But like, I, I do have a vivid memory of being in the audience, just watching sort of this like set. And like Harry came out and yeah, he was popular. He won an award, like an Academy Award. Blows my mind. Exactly. That the film isn't spoken about, like you said, even though it's one of your favorites, it's not spoken about. The TV show is evidently lost i looked and they said it rarely if ever goes into reruns the only place is germany which is <laughs> i think they have the first episode on youtube which i will check out 
really soon because I I'm very curious sort of the tone of it. I'm sure it's so cheesy, but I did watch the TV show. I feel like I have a clear memory as a kid of both versions, the car pulling up with the tarp and his feet hanging out like in both (laughs) of the incarnations of this movie and then the TV show, which I think, Rob, it was like a retelling of the original like story of how they met in the pilot. So yes. How to care for a Bigfoot. You must walk him, feed him, dinner, filet of fern, show him who's boss, and you'll have a unique pal who will never let you down. (laughs) Maybe. Harry and the Hendersons. Today at 10 on KOKH Fox 25. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. thought I hit a man. Is everybody all right, Nancy? Okay, kids. Sarah, are you all right? George, what is it? I don't know. I hardly saw it. But it's got to be a bear. Could it be a gorilla? I don't think they get that big around here. I think we should just get out of here, Dad. What if it's still alive? What if it's in pain? Well, if it's still alive, it's probably not in a very good mood. No way it's alive! You trashed him, Dad! It's probably guts and eyeballs hanging off the bumper. Knock it off, Ernie. We can't just leave it in the road, suffering. Stay in the car. Son of a bitch. You drive a classic, you try to take good care of it, and some dumb animal. George, shouldn't we call a ranger? No, not yet. This film tells the story of a Seattle family's encounter with the creature Bigfoot, partially inspired by the claims of sightings in the Northwest California area and parts of both the U.S. and Canada over three centuries. 1987, June 5th. I've actually heard this a few times. I don't know if you did that. The original poster, which was just eyes and Harry holding a a rose up, and it says... Harry and the Hendersons is evidently the point that people say why the film didn't do better because no one saw the creature. To me, I love that idea that even in the movie, we're waiting to see the creature, mm-hmm. but they're saying like the lack of Harry in the poster, the lack of Harry in the trailer ultimately led from this to be the third place movie at the time after like Beverly Hills cop, which to me is third is pretty good. <laughs> I I enjoyed part three. Um, So when a trailer was released, they never showed him in the trailer either. That's what they're saying. The original trailers were all just avoiding him and the original poster, which I do remember seeing. It's just eyes. It's black. It's actual black. It's just eyes and a hand with a flower. So I guess for me, if 
the only thing that I can think of if somebody was really being logical about this is that if a parent was worried that they would walk into a trap or not even a trap, mm. but just walk into a situation where they are traumatizing their kid from a big, scary Bigfoot. And if yes. it's not going to, they can't approve the look, then they can't bring their child to something they don't know anything about. Right. That is immediately on the top of my head. Otherwise, like, take a leap. Like, I know. <laughs> Exactly, I mean, but I but I can't even imagine what the trailer would be like if you ne- if they never showed I luck. I'm gonna have to look through them myself because that that's a little odd that you were able to do a full advertisement and promotional you know run without actually showing Harry at all. They're saying that if it led to, this was funny, the UK title was changed up until a few years ago to Bigfoot and the Hendersons because of this whole problem in the US, which is, I didn't know there was an epidemic of this. You know, it was stopping people, but... I actually think the mystery of it all is kind of cool, but I mean, I... I don't know. I still would have gone. But again, it really depends on the trailer. And Rob, it doesn't disappoint either when you when get you the reveal. Go, yeah. It's like you're speechless probably because honestly, how many years? So 87. It still looks phenomenal. I'm going to really have to think back on trailers or films where they didn't really show anything until you actually walked in because that is not something that hasn't been done before. And But I think people, I think anytime that happened, you may already know the property from a different rendition, maybe animation or or whatever. So you already have an idea, but... That's not the first time they've done that. I'll have to look into that because I actually think that's really interesting. I, I, I don't mind the mystery. No, not at all. Not at all. And it, it was rated enough to know that it wasn't going to be a murder mystery, you know, in the woods. Although at some point it does get creepy visuals per se. But yeah, even the eyes, if you look at the original poster, it's even his eyes look very kind and innocent in the poster. So which, by the way, is Kevin Peter Hall's actual eyes, Rob, it says. So they used that's awesome. The soul in this this man's eyes was, I think, part of the magic, not alone the costume, but he was seven feet tall. All Rob with costume eight. Wow. Wow. Where do you want to begin with this whole thing? So I will say this. Uh, I, I am from Washington State. I'm yeah, from, that's you know, okay. I, yes. So I grew up in Seattle. I will be honest with you. They film most of this in Wallingford. It's next to U District and, and stuff like that. I honestly had no reason to go to that area. <laughs> Was it far away from no, where you not live? Not necessarily, but because, you know, I didn't drive, you know, it, it not necessarily was out of your way, but you really needed a reason to go over there. And I, yeah. I really didn't know many people in that area. I didn't go to college out there. That's that's like past college district and, you know, where all the youngins are. Like, I didn't really explore that. that Is it side rural kind of looking like it feels in the film? A little bit. I mean, Ballard and everything, those are, you know, kind of like suburban a little bit, you okay. know, very residential areas and whatnot. It's definitely not something you think about when you think Seattle, right? Or city or, you know, so I didn't really venture into that area. I was like, oh, wow. I wonder if I've ever seen the house before or just that area in general. There was one scene towards the end. And I think it was during the evening time when George was really searching for Harry, right? Like everybody was going around and there was a lot of commotion and traffic going on. Do you remember the scene where the cop was like, keep going, keep driving, just get out of here. Yes. And then you saw (laughs) sort of the overhead sort of monorail like train. That is Belltown. Now I lived in that area. So that 
that area wow. like was clear as day like yes i know that spot right there but um yeah i i never saw this house i wish i could say that i had firsthand i'm like oh there's you know the henderson house but um yeah i love that this takes place in hometown and and it's very authentic bigfoot is known for washington right i love this yeah so um i just thought that was cool and to kind of see a little bit more of you know washington in in that regard and as far as that nature never never in my life <laughs> no camping no camping <laughs> so this movie supposedly takes place over four days which on this viewing i guess i can see although there's a lot of like antidotes that kind of happen like hijinks moments so four day over four days it's so funny on this rewatch rob i'm like with a family this unlikable really and like in the beginning it's like i was like am i remembering them better than i thought they were because i'm like this whole family besides nancy okay nancy was at least giving me the window action mm -hmm. up and down up and down i was like wait it's dead are you sure yeah are you really sure I'm really sure Remember, you were sure before. Nancy, I'm not a doctor, but it has no pulse, it's not breathing, and it's cold as a popsicle. Believe me, honey, whatever it is, it's definitely dead. I feel like midway through, it turns, and you when we find out that the father wanted to be a painter and not a hunter, it's like... I was like, yes, that's the people I remember. <laughs> the only thing that I picked up right away was like, I didn't, I didn't remember Nancy Melinda Dillon being so like housewife and so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it was just the way that she would like George, oh, and just you know, yeah. I just, I was like, I remember you stronger than this. What? Yeah. I, I didn't remember. I was like, she always sounded like this, but for me, so Melinda Dillon, I also get her confused with kate is it chapshaw the the woman from indiana jones so i think she's married to steven spielberg capshaw i think her name Cap is oh, capshaw yeah i always get those two actresses confused when i was younger but ever since one of my movies melinda dillon she will always be known to me as myrna the woman who loves black men from chuang fu <laughs> forever like she will forever be that redheaded woman who loved black men. And I cannot get that memory out of my head. This is now that at that point, I was like, I know exactly who Melinda Dillon is now. <laughs> but watching her do the housewife thing compared to the other, like, my God, what a difference. What a difference in time makes. But yeah. <laughs> this just hit my head right now. Our 200th episode, we should do Tu Wong Fu. Thanks I'm for down. everything, Julie Newmar, Extravaganza. Because <laughs> that what that's that is a movie. So anyway, okay, look forward to that radical ones. Get us to episode two hundred. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, right away though, I did notice that you know, oh, okay, we are with a hunter family. They believe in the kill, the, the rabbit. The oh, yeah, you know, the the son is literally following in dad's footsteps. He's like, kill, kill, shoot it anyway. You know, like I was like, okay, I know. Exactly exactly the movie that I'm watching. And I, you know, when you're younger, you don't pick up on themes like that. But immediately I was like, we're, we're going to be taught a lesson here. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they were too into it. The father's, even his driving, everything was just so like hardcore projecting these, yeah, this whole thing. My orchid. It's eating my 15th birthday corsage. 
Sarah! The one I saved for over six whole months! I was gonna keep that flower for the rest of my life, and you ate it! I don't care how big, ugly, and smelly you are. You just can't go around eating other people's corsages. That was a bad thing you did, a bad, bad thing. Do you hear me? Even if you are an animal, you just can't go around acting like one in this house. The other thing, too, was, you know, just just an 80s family. Like, it was, you know... That sister. 2.5 children. It was the, you know, the daughter who obviously cares about nothing but boys and is just so angry. And the son who's so carefree. Like, everything just fit the bill. The dog. The no neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. The nosy neighbor. Like everything was just classic 80s staple. So true. Yeah. That was so true. <laughs> yeah. Lainey Kazan, big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. Was the neighbor who, Rob, are you supposed to store peanut butter in the refrigerator? Is Have I been doing it wrong for my whole life? Every so often, I'll always find out something belonged in the refrigerator and I had no idea. I have never kept peanut butter in the refrigerator. But what I also don't do is i don't borrow somebody's peanut butter and put my fingers in it i was like you keep that you keep that what's her name irene irene <laughs> got your mail just put it on the fridge nan you wouldn't happen to have any peanut butter and brewer's yeast i found a new diet so please take the dog out of the room peanut butter i know we have is chucky okay let me see if i can help you irena peanut butter's always on the second shelf great no brewer's yeast no sir. well never mind i gotta go to the market and pick up some cut liver oil and tabasco it's a new energy diet you might want to try it george <laughs> exercise irene that's the only diet <laughs> plenty of energy right here I was disgusted when she did that. I could not. She is so at home. But do you remember when she was on her exercise bike? She was like, I just need somebody to talk to. And she's she's actually married. You you heard her talk about her husband, I thought. Yeah. So that's a, a sad marriage for Irene. Need somebody to talk to. Just her being so nosy and like going to every window. Like, take the hint, woman. This isn't the time. I got your mail. Oh, my God. Like, she was ready to go downstairs, too. I'm like, come on. What kind of... <laughs> the finger rob. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. Right. By the way, this actually comes full circle. It was supposed to be a 30-minute sitcom originally. Oh, really? Okay. They said that... I think it's the director or something said this would be too good not to put in a theatrical form. So bless his heart. Yeah. Because, yes, I agree. <laughs> so what do you think about that whole beginning? Because we get the drive, the nature, the animal. Like, every animal. Like we mentioned earlier, every animal you don't even know was going to be out there. A fox, everything is out here in this thing. Yeah, I th I think the beginning was great. They definitely didn't waste any time, right? Like you you got to know the family and their characteristics. These are the roles that they are going to play, and how will these roles adapt to encountering a Bigfoot? And so, just the accident. I just think like even the silhouette of when he was hit, like everything worked. I so loved good. the mysteriousness of just how he was revealed and then the 
very first time you see his face is in the car and they're all yelling. And I didn't see this in theaters. I can only imagine if these type of scenes were scary or just not as family friendly. But then I think like E.T. and Close Encounters. Exactly. I mean, even though that they are kind of family friendly friendly they were really rooted in you know just the natural fear yeah and i mean i dug it i dug it i really liked the beginning it just it seemed very um realistic you know nobody else is on the road and you know like what do you do and just the sort of hustle of like a lot came out so remember when george was like i didn't bring my rifle what do you like what do you think i am we just brought this thing we're just hunting and then come to find out when danger hits he's like give me my rifle and she yeah he's like i just brought it for protection she was like you don't even have you didn't have to lie to me so it's just like they're wrestling with this idea of like when is it good to kill animals when is it not and i just all of that just reveal leading up to this and then them deciding to take it with them was twice wild to me i know Hit it twice <laughs> It was so wild to me, but you, you got a kid that's like, it's, it's, you know, it's dead already. And he's like, shoot it again. Anyway. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. That kid. I was like, my God. But then he becomes so cute and lovable. Yeah. Ernie. Ernie. Are you all right? Boy, is this guy strong? Ernie, give me your arms. I'll lift you up. I mean, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it again, but, you know, it's just that generation trauma just being passed down. And, you know, we we learn very slowly that, you know, you, you're grooming your kid to be something that you probably didn't want to. You just can't help it. It's how you bond. This is what my dad did to me. This is all I know. This is how I can relate. That's that's all I've got. So that later when he's like, you don't know him. I don't know. Whatever he said to the father I was like, damn, when have you ever seen this emotion given to mm -hmm. a Bigfoot? Came out so beautifully. What the hell happened to Harry? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, he looked like he hit his head, fumbled, forgot thrown, whatever. But he was knocked out twice and it was able to come too. But concussion. <laughs> I, damn yeah i mean Harry. you just don't know your strength until you know it's, it's it's tested uh you know what it was it's his diet you know that's kept oh, him very strong and healthy yeah. and, you know i'm watching this and i'm like oh my god is harry a vegan this whole time and then i'm like but what about the fish and so i looked it up because oh, there's, yeah. there's jokes about it throughout the movie and you know harry calls him a very i mean, harry george calls him a very vegetarian and so i had to look it up because you know I'm a carnivore, so I had to look this stuff up. <laughs> There's different types, right? Like, yeah. So apparently, so if he does eat fish, yes, then he, I think he would be closely to a pescatarian. Okay, I was gonna say I've heard this term because vegans and vegetarians do not eat fish. So, and then eggs too is another eggs, one. Eggs right? and dairy is is in there as well. But the fact that the fish was eaten that makes him a pescatarian. Okay. So I forgot. I completely forgot. I thought he was total carnivore. But that's just my misconception of what I believe Bigfoot to be. I believe them to be a dangerous animal. Even though I did see this movie, I thought you know if you are a mammal, you eat meat. And I I have to remember that some are plant based, and it's that diet that kept him from withstanding a car crash and <laughs> freaking being thrown off a car weren't you worried though that he was eating too many artificial plants i kept saying no harry these are plastic half of these plants and these and these houses do not eat this but <laughs> he's eating my plant he's got 
It's one of those things, again, they try to flip every misconception about a Bigfoot down to the whole taxidermy thing, which is honestly, it's heartbreaking. If you think about it. Yeah, yeah. How he breaks that wall to see the back of the animal. Yeah, I I was just going to say, you know, I, I understand for comedic purposes, like some of the choices that they did with interacting with Harry. You know, there were plenty of moments, especially in the beginning, where the family just was not scared of Harry at all. I would have lost my ever-loving mind. Yes. Just the first sighting in the house with the flashlight flipping over and him just seeing, and his first growl, like, I would lose it. And Screams. just the yes. thought of me being scared would, me- like, Bigfoot should most likely just go crazy and kill <laughs> the threat that's yelling at me. But no, no, I, I get it. But it just, like, some of that stuff was kind of hard to watch in a way but like i'm like it's a family movie i understand they have to go through this but like you said so i i also think that with harry having this understanding of animals and their bodies where is it the fact that they need proper burial like where did these customs come from with him out in the woods like that i just think all of that is so cool but just really interesting how he in his mind is like this is wrong even though it's not even a bigfoot it's just an animal in general and he's just like what is going on why is there a head on your wall and getting so passionate oh about God. giving it a burial i just think that's awesome i just, we don't know we have no idea what bigfoot does but i just all of that human instinct i think is a pretty cool touch in my bigfoot history over the years my research one of the theories rob of why we never find bigfoot bodies right how could we not find eight foot tall bodies bigfoot investigators or or experts say that they they believe that they're intelligent enough to bury their kind okay fair so I wonder if they really are going with these myths, these things when they were thinking of this movie down to the, I mean, the smell is always like that is a staple to this day. They always say Satch Squatch, Yetis, they smell terrible. I mean, I would imagine if you're living out in the woods and the heat and the <laughs> the elements and going into lakes and not properly drying that hair like they did for Harry later on mm-hmm. with the hair dryer, then yeah, the smell alone, I'm sure. <laughs> The family not being more terrified of him. Just spraying Glade. As much as I thought that was hysterical when Nancy's spraying the Glade in the air. It's just like, he's a gigantic 
thing rampaging through your house, destroying it with the the ease. Like, and she's holding the door back, you know, like one more minute, one more minute. It, it's also nice to kind of see sort of the um, different ways to sort of handle something like this, something that you fear, right? So like George's answer is just get my gun. I'm going to shoot the thing, right? And, you know, how do we get it out of the house? Let's, you know, entice it with food or whatever, or just, you know, scare it to, to remission. But, you know, Nancy takes this approach of here, spray this, follow the scent, you know, things like that. So it's just funny how there's just a duality between how you would handle sort of a dangerous situation and things like that. But let's flip it. Are you okay with sort of the transition of Bigfoot being seen as a threat and a danger to the family and it is you know it's adaptness to the house and then and then kind of going real quickly into this friendly thing oh now it's time to hide them and you know let me take your hand oh my god you're hurt and then also leaving your youngest in a basement alone oh my god and then he goes are you okay like it, 10 minutes later i'm like well he could have been if if you know <laughs> like the trust in this in this being downstairs in the basement with your youngest child I thought was so bold but again it's a family friendly film we don't have time to you know really you know but like what do you think about that transition from like big scary monster to like oh I'm completely gentle and it's not even about him being mean it's about him just being okay with his surroundings and the fact that people are in his face I think he likes it here I don't know. What do you think about that? It's funny because I could see this family because how odd they acted just switching like that. But with him, I think it really took, oh my God, because it was so sad even when he was with her dead minx and he was rubbing them in the window. Oh, broke my heart. That's also pretty cool too because you have this mom who clearly doesn't agree with the whole hunting yeah. thing. And yet she'll wear minx stoles and stuff. And yeah, yeah Nancy. It. And so like the family <laughs> checked her, she, they all looked at her she's like, why are you looking at me like that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, woman, you are just as bad as us. You be wearing them animals too. So I just, I just thought that was a nice sort of moment. <laughs> Why are you all looking at me like that? I didn't kill the poor little things. Grandma didn't kill them. Some ranchers raised them and killed them. And they only did that because they knew somebody would buy them. If he wasn't so gentle and gave him the chance to not shoot him, like, I, I guess that was the moment it switched for him. And he mm -hmm. decided. And then, of course, then the hand, like you said, like, oh, your heart. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the whole interaction, you're right, was off. I mean, I'll accept it. I love it because of what it is. But yeah, the interaction, the switch. Yeah, it's just it, it just is off. And how they just decided to. Yeah. We're just going to keep him, you know, call out of work, call out of school, <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah. I I don't have much memory of Harry being separated so long from the family. There was yes, a real Bob. good chunk of movie where he wasn't around. And I got this is the same feeling that I got when I watched Edward Scissorhands. I cannot watch past the ridicule. Like once the neighborhood rejects him, I, the movie is just nothing to me. Like I can't, I can't yeah. stay in it. It's just so sad when everyone's out looking for him, and then it just turns into this thriller. And yeah, yeah, I just, I don't. I, but I know everything isn't always like happy and whatever. But like Diane Weiss does her best to try and incorporate him into the lifestyle, and then it doesn't work, and then the humans turn into this lynch mob. Like I. 
I, I, I get like, it just, it's such a shift, right? That is the truth, Rob. And if I had one complaint about this movie, it was on this rewatch, realizing how long he separated Mm -hmm. from this family. And then it goes from this family comedy, like Uncle Buck to Bigfoot's on the run and we got to find him. But I mean, I, I think it plays into the idea of how much lore we've created for ourselves and creating this myth in this legend and the fact that everybody's seen him but nobody can catch him you know like we needed to get i guess that experience of what the city would react to which goes into one of my favorite moments of the movie but before we do that i want to get your thoughts on hunting in general and just sort of how it was portrayed in the movie what is what's your take on hunting i mean we're carnivores right we eat we know animals are being like that's a whole conversation but like what do you think about hunting in general and just the way that it was projected in the movie i'm that animal lover who will say like i could never kill it yeah it's true i have been actually over the years i have been trying to cut out meat in my diet because i'm like i do love animals so much blah 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 so i could never do it but i do frown at the people that will that will like hold up the pictures and that like to me it goes beyond the food for me like i'll Mm -hmm. i'm never gonna say don't do it because you know these people that do hunt and eat and you know make their own venison and all things like that they're actually eating the animals but i think for me it becomes down to when it becomes like a a sport just to kill the animal mm-hmm. i think of bambi's mother from mm-hmm. <laughs> that scars from that age with with that so yeah rob i would never do it but whatever i'm not gonna like hold anyone back if you're eating but the sport part of it just uh, yeah that's kind of where i'm at with hunting i think the part about doing it for sport especially grooming younger generations to get used to guns and find them fascinating like i'm not really with all that i wonder if this movie do you think that it ever became too preachy about pro animal life oh. and sort of knocking down those walls of like you know not necessarily gun control but just hunting for sport and animals and life and like did you feel that it got preachy at all or do you think it was sort of okay with the messaging? This book sucks. Ernie! These pictures don't look anything like Harry. He's right, Nan. It's no wonder people want to kill them. These books make them out to be monsters. I could totally see someone saying, yeah, like it switched and became preachy all of a sudden. But you're right. If you pick up on those clues from the beginning, it kind of is sprinkled throughout but no i don't think it became so preachy i almost took it as like you were saying like uh, encourage not letting your kids live their own lives to down to this kid wanted to be an artist that whole situation and then nope that's it you can't get these paints you got this so like i don't think it was too preachy i almost took it as a don't judge a book from its cover that old chestnut of wisdom that yeah yeah so i mean yeah no i i agree with that and you know i this is no shade to you know hetero life or whatnot but you know there have been times when you know i would you know promote my you know previous podcasts or whatever and i i one of the taglines was you know from a gay's perspective and mm-hmm. you know you see other podcasts do the same thing now it's like wh- what makes a gay's perspective different when it comes to just you know reviewing a movie and for me i feel that because of our lifestyle our culture our, our community and the way that it is perceived with the majority of the world we are a minority and that to me forces us to think outside of the box we are more well i shouldn't say we're more but we have the capability of thinking beyond the scope of what we've been taught. And like, we are going to pick up on things like this. And that's not to say that, you know, hetero, you know, 
doesn't do that or isn't capable i'm just saying like we know that the gays have to think outside of the box we have to we are easy enough to be devil's advocate and putting ourselves in other people's shoes and things like that and i think that when watching this you're seeing sort of this transition and you're noticing the trauma that can come from parents from before and the values and methods and things that get passed down that may not be your scope and even something as easy as painting and then wanting to hunt instead i mean being forced to hunt instead this goes down to you just showing that femininity but then being forced to stay masculine the whole time like we're gonna pick up on stuff like that and it's very parallel to a lot of things you can put this towards anything oh yeah any yeah any part of life yeah. and, and things and so while it was very small you, you just noticed certain things and like once you met the father it was in game like i get it this man you know the man worked in a you know a gun shop and he literally like quit his job because he was done i was like i can't animals anymore and then just the idea of like all of these books that depict them as being wrong they are firsthand seeing exactly what's going on so my point as i step off the step you know the soapbox is when you don't know enough of something and you fear it and you have this idea of what media and society has put you need to be able to firsthand see it and mm, without being so yes. preachy this also even comes down to just watching a week like if ron tomatoes with a poster with eyes only yeah in a- <laughs> I know. but like if ron tomatoes tells you oh my god it sucks don't watch this movie how do you know you're gonna agree that is the same the truth. thing it that is blows so true. my mind that people do not want to explore and they continue to let others tell them how to think and how to feel and it's just like ah but i mean this movie is a this gave a clear theme about his true nature and like you know and and it sucks that we didn't really get an understanding of like hey like i i think that george is really a good father to ernie i really do and i love the speech that he gave him about why he had to go back to the wild but it would have also been nice to know if George could at least be like, Ernie, if you want to be something else, you don't have to hunt. Like, too bad we didn't get that. I would have loved that. But uh, we know George learned the lesson. We know he did. But you know what, though? That writer just said, look, I switched this kid like this in the script from gross little brother to all of a sudden. Yeah. I love animals and I love everything. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah, he became very close to Harry, right? And immediately he didn't want to shoot him anymore. So, like, I totally get that. I totally get that. I mean, there was that transition. I think he was kind of coming into his own as well. So... I wonder where that boy ended up. <laughs> oh, we didn't even mention. There's a Bigfoot hunter, Rob, who's, I called him the French Bigfoot hunter, who reminds me of Robin Williams doing the bird in the beginning of Mrs. Doubtfire. That voice. Mm-hmm. Had him in your sights and couldn't do it? What's the story this time? I don't know. I, I think he was hit by a car. Well, that should have made it easy. Yes, I know, there are no traces, no tracks, nothing. He just vanished. Well, like I tell my customers, Bigfoot eat their dead. I don't know why the hell I bother with you. Because you figure I'm the only one who deep down wants to believe you, but I don't. Not anymore. Why did he talk like that? That's what he did. He talked like Robin Williams doing that bird with this 
oh, I did the cigarette. Like, oh, like the part we just did talked about this yeah, on no, this I is now fire. Uh, so I don't know if you recognize him. So our Bigfoot hunter, Jacques Lafleur, is our very own um, detective Perot. Yeah, the minute I saw his face, I'm like, I know him. Let me look him up. That is our Perot. I wouldn't be surprised if that's his natural accent and oh. that's who he is. Like, okay okay that's where this voice came from (laughs) okay that explains things because i kept saying is this like the worst god (laughs) forgive me but with this character man smelled the hair and put it in a bag under his hat can't do it i can't do it what the hell Hey, Dad. you're gonna have to be a hunter to understand that. We can't hate the game. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Rob, there's this scene. The woman in the credits is known as Mouse Woman. I love that this movie even flips the the switch on you with this woman. Cuts to a couple in bed. Mouse Woman takes out a pistol from her nightstand, tells her husband, you stay here, and goes to her kitchen. How many other movies would have shown the husband doing that, right? Like, <laughs> that old scene too. How bad? This toe she thought was a mouse. So this was um, while piggybacking off that specific scene. So we go to the next morning and we see on TV this talk show host, <gasps> Jerry Seville. So Jerry Seville, if you didn't recognize him, that is Roger Pedactor, who was in Ace Ventura. Yes, yes. I recognize this, I face recognize this gentleman. So he's telling the story about the sighting of Bigfoot. What I never caught until this very day is when he was describing what was happening, apparently the woman woke up on the top top of her car and i was like what is happening and it never clicked on me never before following the exact same steps that george took when you see somebody knocked out you put them on the top of a car and you get them home and i did not know harry was picking up on these cues it is so genius and i never caught that joke until now are you sitting down (laughs) listen late last night a Hawthorne Hills man discovered his wife lying unconscious on top of their car. <laughs> After the paramedics had revived the woman, she, she said she must have been put there by a huge, hairy, man-like creature resembling the legendary Bigfoot. Harry. Who she had earlier mistaken for a mouse. <laughs> Hawthorne Hills? A mouse? A mouse! I gotta find him. I can't go to work. When when do we ever listen to silly old Jerry Seville? Listen, if there was really a Bigfoot, don't you think I'd have had him as a guest on my show? I gotta check it out anyway. No, the very best thing that you can do is go to work. What if somebody finds him before I can... See you tonight. Bye-bye. Bye. We'll talk to us all about his new squid and prune juice diet. <laughs> Same thing, Rob. That was one of my notes. I never caught that on that news segment talk show thing. <laughs> he put Harry her on is top such of the car. A sponge. He is such a sponge. He picks up on these habits so quickly. And I just I just find that to be such really cool writing. I love it. Even down to that when that scene when he's watching that woman boil a chicken and then the jacuzzi. Yeah. Blowing his mind. Yeah. There were a lot of things just being like, us humans are freaking wild. <laughs> Harry, 
Since when does he have a name? Since right now. That runoff when Harry leaves and the film becomes this chase movie. Yeah. Am I being too hard on that part, you think? Or is that what that story needed? That buildup of the family missing him. Not that I'm like saying it's the worst thing, whatever. But like you said earlier, I would have preferred more family interactions and things like that. But did we need that for the story to set up the gun, the town? Yeah. So for me, the way that I took it. So first of all, I, I, I was trying to really understand exactly why Harry took off in the first place he clearly overheard the discussion and it felt like did he was did he leave because he think he was they were going to take him out and shoot him you know by the farm or something Good question but i honestly think it's he knew that they were going to send him back it wasn't like oh we're going for a car ride it was like no i'm going to take you out and i'm going to leave you on the side of the road and i'm going to leave right so he was sad he was just really sad that this family didn't want him that's just kind of what it was he was like look i have a family back home i'm tired of parent life like i'm trying to escape this you're giving me a reason to not go back home and now you don't even want me like fine forget you then but (laughs) we needed more example as to why this would never work as a tv show he can't be in the city because it is just too much it is too much they may have come to the conclusion on their own but they got to see it if you want him to stay alive you can't keep him because the world is not ready just like gremlins we're not ready (laughs) we're just not so yeah involving the cop i mean just listen to the police um you know even though he thought it was a joke he was like this is what's going to happen if we're going to take this seriously do you want this on your city and then he's like we're on our own done so i mean my name's not my name's not george i think it was a little drawn out but i think the absence made their bond stronger right like even Sarah turned around and was like, I miss the big guy, you know? So she needed it because her character of just teenage daughter who's mad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I feel that it was needed, you know, um, you know, Harry also needed to kind of visualize like this can't be his home either. So he was headed home or was no, he? No, he was just running. I think initially he was running cause he was pissed and then just got lost. He couldn't find his way back. Okay, yeah, so, that makes more sense. Because I'm like, where are you going, Harry? Yeah, no, he runs off crying. He's just pissed off, but he just didn't know how to find his way back. So what were some of your favorite moments, if you have any? Anything that made you overly laugh, cry? There were moments I almost teared up. I was like, this movie needs to stop. <laughs> well, the happy parts are that Adam's family clip when you're, he, you hear the theme song and then that beautiful close-up of that smiling, happy face is mm-hmm. just, we mentioned his eyes earlier. But the eyes, the smile, the work in them, everything is just so heart numbingly yeah. amazing. But when God, when it's low, it's low. When he, when George is punched him, oh my God, that scene broke my heart. <laughs> him trying to get him to leave and be, you know, angry at him. It's just, but favorite moments actually came from finding out that Harry put that mouse woman on top of the car. Picturing <laughs> yeah. Honduras. A tarp too. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <Me> Rob. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, pretty much anytime Harry grinned, like especially the first grin when he lifts up Ernie and then he looks at him and just oh, that. that big giant. Like all of that was great. When Sarah got yelled at and her hair was blowing back and oh yeah, <laughs> well, do you remember that. who you talking to? That was so. I remember that was one of like one of my best replay moments. Is I would always replay when he yelled at her and her hair. Went back. 
that was so good. But there were a couple of lines that also stood out to me too, is when um I think the mom like cursed or something, and the kids were like, Mom, and they were like, Go upstairs, go to What are you doing on the phone? And then George goes, You mind your mother. Yes. <laughs> I just thought it was so random, but I just love that that really moment. showing his character too. That lying bastard! Mom, Sarah, get off that Both phone! Both of you it's to bed right now. Come on, that's it. Mom, it's only eight thirty. You mind your mother. One of the biggest moments I think really like solidifies this entire movie in one scene for me is the biker who was interviewed. Oh, so there was yes. so much going on in this scene and the, the level of emotion and everything that I got from it, I just thought was so good, but you've got this man who is hysterical and he is clearly lying to reporters on TV, painting Harry to be this gigantic monster who just tried to kill him. You know, George knows the truth, right? And I love that when he's telling this story, George is like, are you freaking kidding me right now like clearly this did not happen like this is not the harry i know and he's like you know okay fine i'll laugh or whatever like i'll let him finish the story then he brings up mace and then george immediately loses it what mace? <laughs> you idiot i was that made me laugh that, yes. so much i love that scene so much I grab my mace what mace you idiot and back i didn't really mace him i was about to be eaten eaten by a vegetarian right, that's it officers no, no, no look I, I have no doubt that you saw him but what really happened is when you saw him you were so scared shitless that you crashed your precious 10 feet into the stop sign bumped your head on the curb and probably scared him half to death in the process i'm right aren't i that's what really happened isn't it isn't it <sighs> But it was also just like, look, I know you saw him, but let me tell you what really happened. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Like everyone, every like this debunks all of what you know. It is clearly not what it seems. And I just loved how he just was cowardly like, yes, I lied. None of that happened. You probably scared him to death and he left. I love that scene so much. It was so good. And they're I like, how it. do you know? <laughs> I Everyone's know. just so like, yeah. Because you believed him when he when he was screaming at that yeah. dude. Yeah. Can't believe everything you see. But yeah, I just, I love that scene. But I think my favorite overall moments, and this only happened twice in the movie, it's when Harry gets sentimental and he knocks you on your ass. I love that <laughs> so much. Sarah is like, forgive me. And she's got the biggest grin on her face. And he just grabs her and knocks her down. I just think that is so Thank you, Harry. funny. <laughs> <laughs> but he did it to look forward at the end too. And even his feet went up, but <laughs> it's just so natural for him to just be like, Oh, and then just knock him to the ground. I just, I just laughed so hard over that. By the way, again, kudos to Rick Baker. He was our makeup. Yes. Person, won the Academy award in 1988. Fantastic. He looked amazing down to the toes, down to the toes. Yeah. Just, just brilliance. I just, I just really love the makeup. So and stated as his favorite makeup job, supposedly still oh, to this day. Awesome. Yeah. So think of that. all of the things that he's done in his career. And then yeah. like it's winning the award helps too. Yeah. That's true. This movie is an Academy Award winning feature. But we're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. Why aren't we talking about it? Is it because, Rob, the same year, 1987, Disney TV movie called Bigfoot, which I have never seen? Have you heard of this? No, I've never heard of this. I mean, just from the name alone, that could be any movie. I, yeah, I have no idea. 
live action family mm. meets good Bigfoot same year. So wow. I saw a picture of the costume. It was not as impressive. <laughs> Do you feel that this movie is unique enough to be talked about in such a, a, a light and mass? I mean, there's just so many movies that are so similar to this. It just got lost in the cracks or it's just not, it doesn't stand out. Like, is it too formulaic? Like what, like, why are we talking about this? Well, it is compared, like Rob, you're saying, it, it is compared to E.T., but also ALF. Yeah, yeah. Between E.T. and ALF, I could definitely see it getting lost in the shuffle. As a matter of fact, our friends, Rob, Robert Ebert and Siskel said, a very manipulative movie that everyone who's seen E.T. has seen before. Mm. What it lacks is any sense of awe about the fact that there could be a Bigfoot, an unknown creature living in the woods with a mind of its own. Harry is so cute, so gentle, so lovable, but there's no sense of mystery and no sense of awe. There is no belief that he's really Bigfoot. I'm sorry, I'm taking my glasses off. (laughs) That costume work is fantastic. Uh, To me, you lose yourself to believe that this man is Bigfoot. (laughs) I I don't know what they will. I mean, yeah, I get it. But even at the time, this is impressive. There is a sense of awe in this movie. Okay, yeah, the family, but doesn't act like Do you think that's what he meant by mystery? Not to say that it doesn't look like Bigfoot, but like... Just the idea that this creature exists was there. This is what I was saying earlier is, is there any specific characteristic that would make sense that this gentle giant is Bigfoot from everything that we've heard from the legend and the, you know, the sightings and the animalistic sort of instinct that an animal usually carries. Did we remove elements that this is such a monster is what I'm saying is I I don't know if that's what they're saying. Maybe it's just down to how he looked, but I just want, I just wonder if I think you're right. It's more like about awe that you're like, what makes this Bigfoot? I mean, we see alien movies all the time, but I believe that ET was an alien to be fair. Oh yeah, me too. So, I mean, there's a spaceship and everything i i don't know if we just removed i don't know but i kind of get what he's saying does that mean that i'm not entertained by it and that's the other thing too is that he did state that you know he was lovable and fun and yada yada thankfully yeah but like oh i will always go back to that snake wrangler that expert on snakes who like called out anaconda for not being realistic (laughs) oh yeah i was like who gives a shit like we want to see this and this this Jennifer Lopez and a snake. <laughs> we just want to see snakes like swallow people whole. That's it. I, I don't care about realism, but you know, people who are in that world literally look for that type of stuff. And I'm just like, I don't care. I was entertained by this movie. Oh, so Bigfoot experts actually might be very upset about this movie. But in what way? They don't have any proof. Bryce Johnson. <laughs> Did they go out and, you know, spend 90 days with them in there in habitat and then come to this movie and be like, how dare you? They don't know shit about Bigfoot. So, who are they <laughs> complaining to? You don't know none either. This is their interpretations. Whatever. What's the problem? Well, if I make him look mean and vicious, people are going to shoot first and then worry about the consequences. I mean, it's like drawing a, a wanted poster of your best friend. But if I make him look peaceful, the way Harry really is, well, that's just not what my father wants. I'm so proud of you. You don't know what to do. If your father wants a Bigfoot, give him a Bigfoot. 
with that, I would still recommend it, Rob, in Thank 2024. You. So would I. So would I. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's nowhere streaming. Nope. This is a title that you will have to pay for as low as four bucks. Like, that's not cheap either. So, like, you know, is this something for your collection? No. If you get an opportunity to watch it, I suggest, you know, check it out. I think it is a fun film to watch. I just realized the TV show isn't even on DVD. So I would say if this is your, if you want to rewatch this episode, maybe look into a DVD because yeah. I mean, rewatch this episode, rewatch this movie because yeah, it's probably not going to get any cheaper than that. Anytime it sure soon. is. And you know what? Like DVDs are best buy. I got rid of them. So you, you know, like it's a bit about time. Have fun yeah, trying to find it. Gonna ha- Yeah. This is the beginning. I So yeah. true, Rob. This is mm-hmm. the beginning of the end. So Grab those DVD discs. <laughs> Before we go, we have to say that it ends with this song, Love Lives On, and it becomes Aha, Take On Me, with yes. Harry and the art that we find out that George ends up, I- I'm assuming, telling his story of yeah. <laughs> maybe making a book, a, ch- a children's book out of it. Yeah. What is he doing with those? Yeah. <laughs> Very cute. Very cute. So cute. Rob's recommendations. And Rob, do you have any recommendations for us? Yes, I do. All right. So the recommendations that I have, you can put these in any category you'd like, but I like to split it up into movies that you may like if you enjoyed Harry and the Hendersons. And then I have movies that you could possibly watch that would be better than Harry and the Hendersons if you did not like the film. So if you enjoyed Harry and the Hendersons, I suggest watching Beef Oven, aka Beethoven. I always call it Beef Oven, but yeah, this is a <laughs> monstrous monster. This this heavy, slurpy animal that turns a family upside down, brings them close together. It's pretty much the same theme. Very family friendly, very whimsical. The music is very similar. Uh, so I would suggest watching Hunt. Beef Oven. Yes. And while I'm here, do not, and I repeat, do not sleep on Beethoven 2. It is wonderful. <laughs> it gives you yes. one of the best female villains you have ever seen in cinematic history. We have to do those movies, yeah, one day. Yes, do not sleep on Beethoven 2. It is just as good. It is so good. So, Be- uh, Beethoven. I also want to recommend another thing that comes in and disrupts a family's life for the better. Captain Ron with Kurt Russell. Yeah, oh my God. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would need to rewatch this myself, but I do have memories of it being pretty funny and a very unique character that I don't know anybody who could replicate. So that follows under the same sort of vein as Harry and the Hendersons. Lastly, if you did enjoy this movie, I think for the animal side of it and preserving animal life and stuff like that, I am recommending Free Willy. Oh. Oh, <laughs> free Willie, free damn Willie. All right. Well, let's say you did not like Harry and the Hendersons for whatever reason, but you watched this movie because you liked sort of this animal versus human interaction. Yeah. So I'm going to give you some that are kind of similar. The first one we're to bring up is our Danny Dennison, Miss Thor Birch with Monkey Trouble. Oh, <laughs> Monkey Trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love Monkey Trouble so good. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. That is great. 
Definitely look this up. It is more on the kids side of things, yeah. but it's grit. It's family friendly, but it's still very gritty. From you what I picture, remember. Everyone could picture the look of the cover. Yeah. I could just see it in my head right now in Blockbuster sitting yeah. right there. Uh, the next one is very similar to Harry and the Henderson, but I feel this one just has sort of a different tone to it. This is a buddy comedy. This is a road trip movie. This is born to be wild. And Ooh. for the longest, longest, longest time, I always thought that this gorilla was real. I always thought it was real. I did not think somebody was in. It does look pretty good, actually. It does. Right? And the the friendship that these two develop is so freaking wonderful. I love this movie. And I even remember buying it with the plastic giant case that came in, you know, the same as the other Disney movies. Yeah. I wish I still had it in my possession. I don't. I believe I own it on DVD. If I don't, I'm probably going to order it after we're done here. I love Born to be Wild. It is so funny. It's a little cheesy, but it still works for me. So I think you'll like this one um, better than the other one, if that one didn't do it for you. And lastly, let me see if you can get this. 1997, Rene Russo, Gorilla. I want to say this is a true story. Is this? Oh, it's a big. Is it a true story? That just changed I, my mind. I want to say that she, it's based off her character as a true story. I think she she preserved you know animal life in her house because she was super rich. She was richer than Tony Stark. This woman and chose just to help animals. Do you remember Buddy? Buddy, yes. Yeah. So those are my recommendations. Came in out of the vault. Yes, so that I was know. based on a would have story. to look it up again. And from, for some reason in my head, I have a feeling that this story was based on a woman who really used her money to advocate for animals and just be that philanthropist towards animal life. And she had this entire, um, you know, habitat inside of her mansion or whatever. I can't remember if it was like the size of a hotel or whatever, but like she preserved these animals in there. And yeah, I'd have to look it up. It's been a minute, but like when I, it, when it popped in my head, I was like, oh, I remember this being very similar. To I feel like I remember her in gowns or something for some reason in that movie. <laughs> Beautiful gowns. Yeah. <laughs> So with that, Radical Ones, another episode of Radical Retro Rewind comes to an end. Bear with us, please, for the next foreseeable future. We are trying to finish Thundercats as quickly as possible. So that is why you are seeing two Thundercats a month. We figured out it's going to take like January of next year, but have no fear. You know we love a summer theme. So the summer months will be... 24-hour movies. You'll get no Thundercats those months. But please, <laughs> if you're wondering what the hell happened and why there's only, like, a few movie episodes, we have to get through Thundercats because we realize that Thundercats is becoming, like, its own thing. It's, like, 50-50, so we're trying to be fair. But once we get through Thundercats, Radical Ones, the show will be back to its normal format. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said rob where can the lovely people find you uh you can find me on uh rob the movie geek on instagram it's all one word um you can also look up the unique geek it might be under that as well where sometimes i'll post some uh, movie reviews that i've seen throughout the year uh we're just getting back into the swing of things with the strike being over so yeah that's where you can find me so far 
and the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. One word on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and beyond. Radical Ones, if you also want to help support us and the show. We're still looking for a review. Maybe 2024 will be the year of our newest review. (laughs) Keep that in mind if you're out there and you got some free time yeah uh reach out to ryan on the on the instagrams and and give him suggestion on any movies you want to see us review and your take on the episodes you have seen us including this one and what you thought about it bye rob bye bye there was so much i didn't understand and then you brought me here far from where we all began change you made in my life will never end I look across the distance I know I have a friend cause love lives on beyond goodbye the truth of us will never die I spirit I was traveling in the dark, never sure what to do. I didn't know that I was lost. I found myself in you. And so I love